Welcome to Stars and Roses, the podcast that recaps The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise through the lens of astrology and the zodiac. I'm your host, Hannah Piper Burns, and I can't wait to give you the celestial lowdown on everyone's favorite reality TV dating shows. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hello and welcome to Stars and Roses. I'm Hannah Piper Burns and I'm the extra mundane anthropologist of Bachelor Nation. Sorry about that radio silence. I <laughs> I said earlier in the season that if there wasn't a rose ceremony, then I wouldn't do a podcast. I said it and now here we are. It was a prison of my own design, which I'm sure <laughs> the other Hannah more famous Hannah, knows a little something about. These last few weeks were set in Crete. Fittingly, it's been a real Greek tragedy. Mamma mia, indeed. I love Hannah's sartorial choices almost always, even when they're bad. And especially, I thought she really brought the cosplay element that I love about her to Crete because it was like she was in some way channeling the Greek flag every day. Blue and white story. Just really loved that she was uh, playing homage to the region with her wardrobe. In (laughs) non-Cretan news... Congrats are in order for Jade and Tanner, who had a little Leo a couple of days ago. I guess Jade had sort of been... one. There was some sort of impatience about when the baby was going to come, and there was a whole thing where Ashley Iconetti bought her this famous uh, salad from this restaurant that's supposed to induce labor, and then uh, that didn't really seem to help. But then her water broke and 75 minutes later, she had a son in her closet, a son until further notice. He will be a socialized male. He was born in the sign of Leo. Congrats, Jade and Tanner. What a wonderful way to bless this season of Paradise, which queer queen Demi Burnett has called a, quote, dumpster fire. But... <laughs> Uh, It leads to such beautiful, beautiful new life. I have been watching a lot of coverage (laughs) of the finale just to get a survey of where Bachelor Nation's at. I gotta say, I like Michael Strahan a lot better than Jimmy Kimmel. And that's, I just want to throw that out there. Before we move on to any kind of like proper recap in any way, um, I have some final, final, final nail in the coffin thoughts on Luke Parker. It's pretty clear to me that he watched Colton's season and watched it really closely and maybe even more closely than he knows. Lately evangelical Christians have been coming on this show and they've been fucking up royally. And that doesn't have to be the case. 
they've also been coming on the show and not fucking up royally. Sean Lowe, the born again virgin, who is happily married, one of the few bachelor success stories of the early years, what we'll call the early years now. And so, I, well, it makes me even more impressed with Sean, and it, but it's pretty clear that Luke and Colton were raised really similarly, and also that Colton was modeling a certain pattern of behavior that he and Luke share in common, like not taking no for an answer, bad boundaries, throwing tantrums. And Cassie caved. And I think Luke saw that and thought he could get the same results. But Hannah's got Venus and Scorpio. We're going to come back to that later. And Cassie has Aries in... Uh, Venus and Aries, both ruled by Mars, that like drilling, drilling down full speed. Hannah's Libran ways, her sun sign, are option weighing, they're fairness focused, and her Taurus moon makes her stubborn. Whereas I feel like maybe Cassie's Taurus sun and Taurus Mercury could have been like overridden by her Aries moon and her Aries Venus. Like, Moon Venus conjunction is super powerful and it's in Aries, which is a sign that's like really, as we see with Luke, you know, bold, bold is the word we'll go with. So I think that that marks a really important difference between them. And also, you know, Cassie has Mars in Leo and interestingly, like Luke P has Mars in Leo and that's a placement that loves to be in the spotlight. In Cassie's case, it was more like a tractor beam, but you could tell she was flattered in a very perverse way by his refusal to respect her. No, Colton's I'm talking about, but just like astrology uh, doesn't exist in a vacuum. It's also got to be said that, of course, Hannah as the lead, had a lot more power and agency than Cassie did as a contestant. We can't pretend that these dynamics aren't just as real as astrology is, right? And Luke didn't get that, which actually explains a lot of his behavior. And he intentionally or not mirrored Colton, but it didn't work the same way. Maybe... <laughs> Because also, as a contestant and not a lead, Cassie didn't have the fortification of a real good windmill and shield bone block. Yeah. Anyway, I listened to an interview with Chris Harrison on the Bachelor Party podcast. Not to be confused with the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast, which is new, uh, by the way. Uh, it's hosted by Ali Fedotowski and Rachel Lindsay. I broke my long-standing rule not to listen to contestant podcasts just to give their whoop, drop my pen, just to give their first episode a listen because they had Demi and Peter on, which was interesting. 
anyway, uh, Bachelor Party is on The Ringer, and Lauren Zima was filling in for whoever usually hosts. And by and large, the questions were about Luke P and the and the mental law because it was that week, and Chris was really enlightening. I really recommend listening to it. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but here are my main takeaways from 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 his interview. Chris thinks that Luke is a small-minded baby, enabled by the insular quality of his environment. And his upbringing. And interestingly, Chris seemed actually kind of triggered by Luke's request to pray over Hannah, especially. Chris also thinks that people like Luke are, in fact, capable of change, but that Luke specifically has not changed, grown, or learned as a result of this experience. When asked if he thought Luke was a misogynist, Chris, Chris said, um, I don't know because he treated me the exact same way. And by that, he specifically meant condescending, manipulative, and generally infuriating. Which is a great answer. I don't know if he's a misogynist because he treats me the same way. Luke must be thanking like the literal Lord Jesus Christ for Jed right now. But what makes me the most angry about the conversation that's happening in some pockets of Bachelor Nation about Luke P, and in some ways it mirrors the conversation happening about Jed, which is people trying to make this an issue of whether it was okay for him to have these Christian beliefs and expect his partner to have these Christian beliefs whether it's okay to have sex before marriage. And it it infuriates me that that's at all what this conversation has become, because it's so clear to me that that's not what it's about. It's about, and Dylan at the Mentel All put it really well, it's 2019, you can't talk to women that way. Like you, and it's not even about that. It's about what Grant said at the Mentel All, which is no means no. When someone tells you, no, it's over, you have to respect that. And he disrespected it time and time and time again, as we know. And so because Luke has decided to go full martyr and make this about the poor Christian who is caught up in the decadent amoral mainstream media whatever 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 the show has made its position pretty fucking clear let's review we had a date that was hosted by the world's most famous drag queens And then we had a contingent of former contestants, femmes, go to DragCon as themselves, but, you know, as envoys of Bachelor Nation to DragCon. We have the first queer relationship 
in Bachelor in Paradise history and probably Bachelor Nation history happening this summer. And we have a show that is in structure, it seems, really willing to move away from this engagement terminus that it's been shoving down our throat for the past 20 years. The last two seasons have shown us that they are no longer afraid to break from that tradition and explore a different kind of love story. And when I think back to Brad Womack's first season, which I didn't watch, I watched Brad Womack's second season, but the ghost of his first season looms large, obviously. And at that time, you know, he didn't pick either of his final two women because guess what? He didn't feel ready to propose. Imagine. And that made him somehow the most hated man in America. Like a woman full on slapped him across the face when she did her limo exit for his second season and said, this is on behalf of America. He loved it. He brought her to the final two. Tells you a little something, something about Mr. Brad Womack. But you see what I'm saying. And again, when Juan Pablo picked Nikki at the end, wouldn't propose, wouldn't say the L word. It was a really uncomfortable moment for us all. And we were all very angry. Juan Pablo and Nikki were also very angry. And it just, it's so clear that we've come so far from that. And excuse me, it's not, you know, it's still too late. I mean, that's Bachelor Nation's whole thing is to be kind of like 20, 20 years behind But it's clear that this is where things are going. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that the evangelicals can go ahead and show themselves out now if they have a fucking problem with it. And I am not going to miss them because they're children and they don't know how to act. Hannah B. Very much excluded because she's been on as... She's had what the HuffPost is called her Bildungsroman, which is a really fancy way of saying a coming-of-age story. This season. The other thing... uh, One more gem from that Chris Harrison interview. He says, Don't come from the top row during Men Tell All or Women Tell All because I'm not going to know who you are. Top row guys, you were the first weeks. Chris can't be bothered to remember you. Bottom row, those are his guys. He also definitely got asked about the allegations uh, that Bachelor creator Mike Fleiss uh, was abusive, assaulted his much younger pregnant wife at their home in Hawaii. Look that up. I can also link to it in the show notes if you want, I guess. It's shitty. Um, wow. The mask, Chris Harrison, the reason I really love this interview is because we so rarely get, get a real glimpse at what Chris Harrison's really thinking. The mask is so strong. It's so smooth. So it's nice to hear him open up, but it was at the same time they ask him about this Mike Fleiss thing and it's right back on. And of course, 
the interviewer compared it to the scandal that rocked Bachelor in Paradise a few years ago when they were shut down for a hostile work environment slash sexual harassment um, complaint. Uh, and Chris's official line is that this didn't take place during production. This was at a private residence. So it has nothing, you know, it has nothing to do with me, basically. Um, but that Warner Horizon is definitely looking into it very seriously. So we'll see how that evolves. I will definitely keep my eye on that story as it evolves and keep you posted because that's a, it's a doozy. Okay. In other good Bachelor Nation news, tickets are now available for Bachelor Live on stage, teased at the Mentel All, and you can better fucking believe I am saving up for meet and greet ticks. I am going to meet Ben Higgins, the only Republican I've ever loved. I'm going to tell him that to his face. I don't know, actually. I don't know. Much like I don't know John Paul Jones' birthday. Mm, I don't know how that guy votes. Might be The tent might be getting bigger. Basically, my dreams are coming true. March 2020. They can come true for you, too. I put the link to get tickets in the show notes. Everybody get pumped. Stay pumped. Bachelor Live on stage. I also put a link in the show notes for my very favorite version of the Jesus Still Loves Me windmill t-shirt. Capitalism moves very fast, but I am definitely going to buy one to work out in. It's pretty clear that unlike Luke, Hannah really watched her season, really saw it, and processed it. And that's what I had wished for her earlier in the podcast, and I couldn't be happier. Through all of these live show studio audience moments, she's been on a journey. She has processed it. It's kind of amazing. I can only imagine what it must be like getting slut-shamed by mothers of children on one hand, and on the other hand, she must just be getting a barrage of DMs from women who recognize themselves in her relationship with Luke. And in my fan fiction version of the future, like she starts dating Tyler and reconciles with Kaylin. They all skip into the sunset together to start a sexual assault awareness campaign. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself though. We're still in Greece. Hannah's really, um, like I said, taking the inspiration of the Greek flag into her wardrobe and I love it. What we see uh, unfold after the rose ceremony that lasted 1000 years is um, up to a point, pretty classic bachelor nation plot structure. They're, they're pretty classic beats with uh, the exception of Chris Harrison very pointedly foreshadowing a cringeworthy proposal and that there were destructive, destructive forces at work. And of course, what I'm referring to is that it's not unusual for the lead to turn towards discord rather than ease. And often, especially in this, in this very telling last kind of meet the parents last two situation, the parents often are edited to have a very clear opinion. And it's often not 
the opinion that sways the lead. And this can have something to do with planets being comfortable where they are. I've talked a lot about debilita debilitation and fall because it's not just about like your, like, I think we, when we think about things like, you know, good houses, scary houses, bad placements, challenging aspects, things like that, you know, we don't really get to the heart of what that means about what they think and how they behave. And I think planets that are in uncomfortable places are more willing to accept strife as reality or authenticity than they are to accept ease because it's familiar. And we all know people like that. We are all those people in some aspect of our lives. Maybe want to <laughs> check if there's one of, I don't know, 12 areas where that might be the case for you. And challenging aspects can have something to do with that as well. And it's pretty clear, obviously, that that Scorpio Venus of Hannah's is not comfortable. But Scorpio is the sign of transformation. Modern astrologers, I talk about Scorpio as being ruled by Mars. Modern astrologers have a different take where they incorporate the outer planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, into the rulership. So they believe that Pisces is ruled by Neptune, your Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, and that Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. And it's for that reason that Scorpio, maybe it's chicken and egg, but Scorpio gets this reputation for being the sign of transformation. It's the phoenix that's burning into ash and then coming back to life. And it's not comfortable. Does that sound comfortable to you? No. But, you know, she really, really epitomized a Pluto journey. <laughs> a journey, uh, you know, kind of through the depths of deceit through the, you know, real lows and emerged on the other side and just different, just clearly really different than she was before. And I have to hand it to the powers that be because those producers, and by the way, she left a really interesting Instagram post where she thanked her, I don't know, five producers, because they really were, you know, she considered them her best friends through that experience. They really saw her at her high highs and her low lows. And we rarely talk about those relationships, but, you know, those, those people are huge and loom large in the contestants and the leads' lives and often they remain friends for a long time. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is if I had, if I were a producer on the show, I don't know if I could have looked at the Hannah from Colton's season and seen that potential. 
and seen what that could be. And clearly somebody did. And they were, they're a genius. And I think it's amazing anytime that this juggernaut, this total closed system with its order and its chaos makes me feel something new. And they've really been doing that for the last couple of seasons of The Bachelor with The Bachelorette kind of lagging in the middle. We had Ari's season that ended infuriatingly. And and Becca's season honestly also ended kind of infuriatingly for very different reasons, but she stood by her man and we I was kind of disappointed that it was as kind of meh as it was. And then of course we have Colton season, which blows everything up. And so it's nice, it's nice to see uh, a woman carrying the franchise on her shoulders in such a way and pushing it forward in such a way. I mean, she really did her job. And if there's anything a Virgo loves, it's when someone really does their job well. So cheers to you, Hannah. Uh, I think you're great. Like I said, I already said what I want for you. I guess we'll see how it all pans out. In case I haven't been really clear, I mean, I would not be mad about Tyler for Bachelor, obviously. I just kind of don't want him to ruin any of the massive amount of goodwill I've bit up, built up towards him, you know? I am a Mike for Bachelor, official Mike for Bachelor stand. That's where I'm at. But I'll be happy with whoever they pick as long as it's not Luke. And if it's Luke, that might be the straw that breaks this little camel's back. What can we say about the astrology of this season? Well, we got a lot of Capricorn. Jed really hosed all Capricorns with his behavior this season, made them all look bad. He has a Capricorn sun. He has an Aries moon. He has an Aquarius Mercury. And then a Capricorn Venus and a Capricorn Mars. And none of those are super touchy-feely placements. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's some like not, that does not speak to real human connection. I'm sorry. I know that that's like a wildly, wildly generalist kind of statement to make. But, um, oh, by the way, Demi, you know, I love you, but like you had one job, girl. And was to get the skis bags off the fucking show night one. And I really feel like you screwed the pooch, kiddo. All of this could have been prevented. You just had to do your job. Katie, Katie Morton, I see you too. Y'all were in that van together. Actually, speaking of surveillance... <laughs> One thing I did want to say about this season is that it is not, it's not new for an engagement on this show to end pretty shortly after the show stops filming because of infidelity or 
infidelity adjacent behavior. I'm thinking specifically of Jillian and Ed, which is like a million years ago. But Ed uh, had many girlfriends back in Chicago where he was from and their engagement. And he, many people on the show told her that. Uh, and she kind of ignored it. And they broke up shortly after. The difference is that we now have this 4D component of social media where we can all have this surveillance after the show of the contestants and before the show of the contestants obviously we can dig up all their tweets we can see if they've ever said we can see what they you know in, in poor poor garrett's case it's in air quotes for those who can't tell by my inflection becca's fiance who liked all those real fucked up instagram posts can't hide you know and so this thing with jed and his quote-unquote girlfriend not girlfriend and people magazine and all of that you know we live in an age where we are much more easily able to surveil each other and that's what uh enables this kind of delicious human drama right and speaking again of surveillance there's breaking breaking news in bachelor nation i just saw some posts that apparently tyler went over to hannah's house spent the night, came out the next morning, hugged and kissed, got in a car, had an overnight bag. It's on Instagram, Bachelor USA. Check it out. It's been verified. Oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. I'm going to just take a quick sip of water. I, I'm sorry. I got a little carried away in the moment. It was the heat of the moment. But you see, I mean, we are watching them like a hawk, like a fucking predator drone. That's all I want to say about Jed and surveillance. We can, you know, we've talked about how Capricorns can be cold and calculating. They're very career oriented. They're very judgmental at times. I mean, this it's earth. It's practical. They're really concerned with the material stuff of life. Whereas Libras, which is what Hannah is, obviously, are, are much more concerned with, uh, you know, more, more of the conceptual stuff of life. Um, what else? What else is very Capricorn-y about Jed? Doesn't want to cry on camera. Wears khaki shorts with a leather belt. No shirt and boat shoes. He's business casual on a romantic date. That's an also unfair thing to say. Uh, because a lot of kinds of men don't know how to dress. And to be fair, obviously not all Capricorns. Mike, the next Bachelor 2020. Mike is also a Capricorn. Also has an Aries moon. But he has uh, an Aquarius venus i want to say capricorn mercury and a scorpio mars so a little bit more in there and that mars conjunct venus that uh he and hannah had can point to a lot of their attraction we saw a lot of libra this season which we didn't get a lot of last season really i want to say hannah beast obviously and i think heather also heather with the hair 
uh, who'd never been kissed was also a Libra. And not, I mean, Hannah really gave Libras a good, a good name conversely to what Jed did for Capricorns, but she was not the only Libra in the cast. We also had Connor who had an amazing mic drop Libra moment at the mental all when he was like, dude, I just want to say like, it's like really big of you to be here when you, you know, you knew everyone was going to tear you apart. So good for you and fuck you man and um and Matteo who we don't know that much about uh other than that he was a sperm donor maybe he still is I don't know how you could find that but how creepy would that be if everyone suddenly wanted to have Matteo's literal babies after this show Mateo piped up a little bit at the Mentel All to defend Luke. That it was, he said it was really clear that the ostracization he had suffered at the hands of the men. Oh, the suffering at the hands of the men for no good reason. You know, it had clearly taken its toll on him. And yeah, Mateo felt the need to, uh, Put in his two cents and be a damn centrist. And actually, Mateo's birthday is, I want to say, October 23rd. So that would very, 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 very technically make him a Scorpio, depending on the time of day. But if you believe in cusps, it's a cusp thing. And if you don't, well, he's about as Libra and a Scorpio as you can get. And I gotta say, the Leos of Bachelor Nation really redeemed themselves this season. The Leo men, I should be specific here. There have been plenty of amazing Leo women throughout the years. In fact, I've been covering some of them over on Instagram. Uh, I've started doing a new thing where during the astrological season, I do some, I, I kind of go back into the archives for great contestants that were born in that month. So I have a Leos of Bachelor Nation series going on right now. It's all been women so far. I'm about to get into the dudes. And like I've said many times, it is a parade of villains until this season where we have Dustin. Oh God, I hope Dustin goes to paradise. I just... Sometimes when I'm feeling down, it's been a rough couple weeks. My cat's been sick. There haven't been rose ceremonies, so I haven't been able to do the podcast. You know, when I have these feelings, I just look at Instagram pictures of Dustin and Tyler's friendship and it makes me feel, it just makes me feel better. It's like just, it's like playing Old Town Road. It's just like instant dopamine course we also have peter pilot pete who might also be bachelor uh, i i'd be fine with that like i said he's a sweet he's a sweet boy and i've said it i said it already but for me grant taurus unemployed taurus <laughs> bathrobe wearing sausage eating grant had the line of the night. 
when he said, Luke, no means no. I mean, right? Right, guys? So, <laughs> that's a wrap. Bachelor in Paradise starts next week. I will be posting new episodes every Thursday. Rose ceremony, no cer rose ceremony. I'm not getting caught in that trap again. I've learned my lesson. I, but like many contestants, have really learned a lot this season about myself. So thanks, Hannah, for teaching all of those men how to open up. You are not the girlfriend they deserve, but you were the girlfriend that they needed for approximately 15 days. Until next week. Others paradise knocking on heaven's door. Others paradise. How could we ask for more? Thank you for being on this journey with me and roll tide.